Welcome to the Creatives and Focus Podcast. Hi, I'm James Reed, fantasy author publishing under JMD Reed. The first volume of my epic 12-book fantasy series, Shadow of the Dragon, is available for purchase. Check out Foundation of Courage. Today, I'm joined by Ro Morgan. She's the author of Watcher, book one of the chosen. How are you doing, Ro? I'm doing great. Kind of tired, but excited at the same time because I'm getting ready to release a new book. And there's been a lot of last minute going on with book formatting and getting it uploaded to Amazon and then noticing that that it didn't do something right and I had to go back and redo it. I upload my books through a a second service to do the initial formatting and then I download those EPUBs and put them into a program called Calibre or Caliber, however you say it. I say uh, Caliber. Caliber, yeah. And so um, then I do a lot of uh, hand coding to, you know, for appearance sake to make it look a little better. I regenerate a better, a new table of contents because the typical table of contents that is included with eBooks these days, or it's all spread out and it takes like three or four pages in the front of the book. So I, I create a condensed one. So I do a lot of hand stuff on it and uh, just trying to make sure I get all that done and get it re-uploaded before my, my deadline was, was been very stressful, but it's out of my hair and the book's launching. Yeah. I do my formatting as I write. Okay. Well, I, I keep my Word doc fairly formatted, but I, I do it all in a Word doc, and then I actually upload it to um, Draft2Digital, and they create the EPUB for ah, me. Ah, okay. And then I, da- I download that EPUB, and I fine-tune it in, in Caliber. And I yeah, I, um, you know, I just, yeah, I just have it formatted for the ebook as it's written, and then I just throw it into Caliber. Oh, okay. Uh, just straight into Caliber. Um. Because, uh, I don't know, I write with ODT format, and oh, Calibre okay. likes ODT, so yeah. it's very friendly with it, so it's like, yeah. Then, so otherwise, I have to save it to, like, a DOCX to, like, upload it somewhere else. And that's what I do. I, you know, I just, I write everything in Word, so I just... Yeah. That, that, that to, like I said, to draft a digital, and in, in about two clicks, they've spit out a fairly decently formatted ebook, and then I just fine-tune it, you know, just do the, make sure that the page breaks or yeah places and that kind of stuff but um yeah it's the thing i'm fighting right now is it's so so strange when i download when i look at a copy of it on my kindle app that's on my my tablet i have a samsung tablet none of the hyperlinks in the back are blue they're underlined with a little blue line but the links themselves yeah when i preview it in um when i email it to myself using send send a book Mm. through kindle on the Kindle for PC, the links are blue. So until the book actually is published, which it's still in pre-order right now, I don't know if those links are showing up properly or not. <laughs> yeah, that's... It's really weird, and I've done everything. I even went in and yeah, forced code to turn the links blue, and it looks fine in, in the PC, Kindle for PC, but it does not look fine on my on my Kindle on my tablet, so who knows? Yeah, no, I don't know. It sounds like I don't. Maybe you're you're you have a weird app with the, the Samsung or something. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Yeah, fair enough. 
Anyway, so uh, let's get. Uh, I always like to ask a fun question when I start. Sorry, I got a message and it threw me off. So, anyways, I like to start out with a fun question. So, are you a cat person or a dog person? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, I'm a dog person, but my life is currently ruled by four cats. So, go figure. You know, our, our dog died a few years ago, huh. and we didn't replace her right away. Um, and about that time, because there was no dog to keep the cats out, uh, a pair of cats came in and the female had a litter. And so we started trying, we trapped them, tra- started trying to trap them to get her spayed because I just did not want a cat colony under my house. And we caught the male and we caught two of the kids. Oh, I, I take, let me stop right there. We actually caught one of the kittens when it was about six weeks old and we brought it in. And I was having a real tough time because I had just lost my last four-legged friend. It was a horse that I'd had for 22 years and I was feeling very lonely. And so my daughter snagged one of these little wild kittens and brought it in and we made it a house cat. And then over the next uh, you know, couple of weeks, we ended up trapping the male and two of the other kittens and getting them all spayed and neutered, neutered. And the mother, I guess, she saw the writing on the wall and she split. So suddenly there's these two 10-week-old kittens outside with, un, uh, you know, too young to hunt for themselves. And so we started feeding them and then we started feeding the old male because he was taking care of them and teaching them how to survive in the wild and all that. So we have these three outdoor cats that are, I would call them semi-feral. We can pet them and they'll come into the, into the laundry room and, and eat. Um, but I, you know, I can't pick them up and love on them or do any of that because they'll be gone. But um, so we have them. And then I'm, my life is really ruled right now by the indoor cat who is a, like a, more like a dog than uh, I would have ever expected. So I'm a dog person, but somehow I'm now owned by cats. <laughs> oh yeah, God, no, one of my one of my beta readers, she has she like has like cats outside and cats inside, and some are half wild and some aren't. And I'm just well, like, they help, oh, okay. They, they help me out in my garden. The, the outdoor kitties, there's two the two males, the the young male that's the brother to our indoor kitty and the, and the papa. Uh, they like to come and hang out with me when I'm working in the garden. And so it's it's kind of fun. It's a different, you know, I've had horses and dogs all my life and I, I've had a couple cats, but this has been a, a really interesting experience. And working with this indoor cat, you know, she's kind of like a blend between a horse and a dog as far as teaching them to do things because a cat will, they, they're very smart. They know exactly what you're asking them to do, but they're so smart that they're, they're going to sit there and decide whether or not it's in their best interest to do it. Whereas a dog is more, you know, pre-wired to say, yes, master, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> the cat's like, man, let me think about it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cats, we only like cats because they ate rodents and then, you know, they don't do that anymore. So, or at least not in America. You don't really need them for that purpose. Yeah, we, I guess maybe on the countryside. Yes. Yes. They're, they, they take care. We have a pretty significant ground squirrel population. So they do mm. kind of keep that under control a little bit. The outdoor kitties. But anyhow. So, yes. So, um, what if you want to be an author, bro? You know, I, when I, I was a little kid, um, I would help myself fall asleep by making stories up in my head and, um, just different adventures. And, and, and I've been a reader since I can remember. Um, my dad introduced me to the, uh, science fiction club. It was back in those days, you would sign up to be in this book club and every month they would send out a little newsletter saying, here's the book you're going to get. If you don't want this book, um, you know, send us back this card and uh, we won't send it to you. But here's all these other books you could have instead. So 
I was introduced to to readers, I mean, to writers like Isaac Asimov and um, Arthur C. Clarke and uh, Frank Herbert, you know, with the Dune series. So I, I got hooked on sci-fi when I was probably about 12. And then I read um, Lord of the Rings when I was about 15 and got hooked on fantasy. And I've pretty much been hooked on all of that since. Um, uh, so um, as far as being a writer, I... I thought that was something I'd want to do later in life, but I was too busy raising kids and, and working and doing all that to ever consider it um, when I was younger. And uh, um, I had a lot of good ideas for stories that I just sort of tucked away in my head. So it wasn't, it wasn't until uh, about 2009 was when I sat down to write my first story. And that was the result. I woke up from a, a dream with this um lonely vampire woman in my head and she was lamenting her life and all of that and I just kind of wrote down a one pager about her and I got so intrigued about it I thought you know maybe I'll just maybe I'll just uh play around with this a little bit and I read an interview with an author who said you know that they they she was asked uh you know why who is the audience for your book why did you write this book and she said she wrote it for herself and um, and then I'd read some other interviews that, you know, liken that 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 compared writing to any other art or craft. If you're going to get good at it, you have to practice. So that's what I started doing. I, I decided I was going to write this book for myself and I was going to practice and get good at writing to do that. And um, and a couple of years later, it was published as the book Watcher. <laughs> so. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I had this story I wanted to write. I didn't think I was a good enough writer to write it yet. So. I was like, I'll just write, um, I'll just write this like l- more lighthearted story, which didn't turn lighthearted at all. It went very dark, but um, it was way more like serious and complicated than the initial story that I didn't think I was good enough to write. But uh, yeah, and then I never got around to writing that story. Like twelve years. Well, later. yeah, that, I've had a story in my head for oh, since my kids were in elementary, junior high school. Um, that I wanted to do that was kind of a middle grade story. And I still want to write that someday. But in the meantime, I went over and played in Vampire Land. And um, and I've also got a Shapeshifter series that it's, none of it's none of the Shapeshifter series is published yet, but I've written quite a bit in that. And that'll be more young adult. Uh, so, yeah, it's an adventure, this writing. And it's really fun to get to. You know, I've, I'm, I'm a real geek. I've been to Lord of the Rings conventions. I have costumes. I have a wall. I'm looking at right now, I have a wall lined with Lord of the Rings action figures. I probably have oh. about 30 of them all in the boxes still. Uh, well, then Very I've nice. Got, and then I'm looking I've got, at a map of Middle Earth, actually, it's right above <laughs> my monitor. Awesome, awesome. It's and an old, got, tattered map I've had since 92, 91. That's awesome. Uh, Christmas in 91, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got swords from the movie, you know, the movie replica swords. I've got I have a map of Middle Earth on my wall that I was actually I put it I printed it out on a big uh, plotter and put it under glass. It framed it and I was using it to do like a walk to Mordor thing that was popular a number of years ago where you would go walking and you record your miles and you could track how far you were getting to Mordor or whatever and so I oh. would write on that. I would take a just a wet marker and draw my path as I was going from the Shire to Mordor. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge geek. I've won awards for my costumes and all of that. But, you know, I just at one point in time, I thought, wow, I've been spending so much time and energy playing in other people's fantasies. How about if I like, you know, 
write some of my own. So that's where I'm at these days. Yeah, fair enough. Like on the conscious, I've never been into like the cosplaying, but um, but yeah, no, but always some really great costumes though. <laughs> I was running around with a bunch of people from the LA area that were all attached wow. to, you know, a lot of them were attached to Hollywood. So they were they were phenomenal costumers. There was a the group that I ran around with. I never did any cause, you know, didn't do any costuming events um, competitions with them, but they won group costume at Comic-Con like three years in a row. They were that good. So I had, you know, it was pretty, pretty it was pretty fun um, to dress up and I've hosted events at my house and yeah, okay. I, I, I love, I love non-real world stuff. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's why I'm a fantasy writer that writes, that doesn't write urban fantasy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's like, I mean, I have a fa- urban fantasy novel, but it's like, you know, like, like, you know, half your world building was already done. You know, you're just modifying our world. <laughs> you're not making something entirely from scratch. No, no knock on urban fantasy writers. There's some really good urban fantasy out there, but like, I prefer the more like creating your own world and populating it with, you know, you know, horrifying adventures that scar your characters for life. But I'm reading Holly Black's, rereading Holly Black's series right now, the, um, the first one is the cruel prince um that all that's all fae so it takes a world in the it takes place in the, in the land of the fae uh, okay. and then um another author that i really like was sarah j moss wrote a series i think it starts out with the assassin's blade there's like eight books in it that's all completely fantasy um it was really a good series and uh so yeah, I like those too, where you can get go off and you're not constrained by real world. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Stuff. But, yeah, um, but it's, Quentin, I mean, I did it once. I did one, and I might go back to it because it was it was fun to write. It's a very different beast than writing my typical fantasy because it was very um, it was very fast paced. Right. Like, like it's like a it's like a real like you know. The entire book takes place in a day and it's, you know, raced against the clock to stop, you know, a catastrophe and, you know, all that stuff. So it was very, very a high adrenaline story, <laughs> which my epic fantasy tends to, well, it has a lot of action in it. There's also a lot of, like, build up and stuff and, uh, you know, and traveling and there's just, not, it doesn't, it's not, it tends not to be that, like, where every chapter ended on a cliffhanger type of deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you go back and read some of the older fantasies, like Lord of the Rings, that's not necessarily real fast-paced. <laughs> no, just... Lord of the Rings is the opposite of fast-paced. Yes. And, you know, and, and interestingly enough, what I write, um, you know, I love urban fantasy, uh, you know, like um, uh, Jane Yellowrock series by Faith Hunter and um, the um, – hmm, Kate Daniels series by Alana Andrews. Those are two classic urban fantasies where you're set in the cities and, you know, you're dealing with all these paranormal creatures. And those are both good series. Mine is doesn't fall into urban fantasy because a lot of my story doesn't take place in the cities. Um, it's out in the mountains and, and um, uh, it, it's uh, it also, you know, with those two series as an example, there's not only the personal crises of the main character, but then there's also a bigger looming crisis that's, you know, endangering the whole, at least the whole immediate world, if not the whole world at large. So, which is the typical. Yeah. Of so you're fantasy. So you're my, talking about the watcher, right? 
No, I'm talking about uh, the other books that I mentioned. Um, oh, okay, the super, the, the shit the Kate, Kate Daniels and Jane Yellow. Oh, okay, yeah. well, yeah. My, okay. my books are actually considered supernatural suspense because we've got the supernatural element, but it doesn't have the uh, impending world doom that a lot of the fantasy arc has. So okay. they fall more into the supernatural suspense. And uh, um, Yeah, so let's talk about your book, Watcher. Um, which, uh, I guess this is the one about your vampire. Right. So actually there's in the series, I have, uh, uh the main series and a sub series. The main series is the chosen and that it consists of three books monster, which is a prequel. And that's actually going to be releasing tomorrow. And which then will be and out then, by the time people hear this podcast. So it'll be, you can go and buy it the moment you're done listening to this one. There'll be a link in the description for it. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. So the title is scheduled to be released April 25th. Whether that's your tomorrow or your past, it's... <laughs> It'll definitely be their past. <laughs> and then, uh, the, the, then the, the books that are, have been out for a, a little while, Watcher and its um, sequel, Runner. Um, all three of these books deal with the main character, Sunny um, Collins, and her um, challenges that she faces when she finds herself... Uh, immersed in a world of blood and darkness and not quite human anymore. Um, and then the two related books are in the World of the Chosen series, and that's The Game's Monsters Play and The Last Trace. And uh, The Game's Monsters Play takes place at the same time as uh, Watcher does, but it's dealing with um, a couple of characters that are that are in the other books. And then The Last Trace is more of a historical and edges a lot more towards the horror end of the spectrum. Uh, and that's an 1840s mountain man is being stalked by what he thinks is a she-demon. And that char- the character in that book is a key character in one of the main novels. So I've got the two novellas that have kind of backstories on side characters and then the three main novels. Okay, awesome. Uh, so you said the, her name was Sunny? So Sunny, as I mentioned earlier, appeared in my head from a dream, and um, I just felt compelled to write her story. In fact, it was almost like I was obsessed to write her story. I almost felt like I was being obsessed by the care or possessed by the characters to write their story. And uh, in in Monster, we meet her in Monster when she's still human, and um, we experience all the trauma that she goes through in that book, how her life has changed and turned upside down and how she now has to figure out how to survive. Uh, and then in Watcher, it just proceeds with that. Watcher and Runner is, again, she, she is continuing her journey to find ways to survive and to integrate within the society that she now belongs to. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this one like some really uh, exciting reads. So suspenseful, so that if you're into, uh, you know, nail-biting, you know, <laughs> on the edge of your seats type of writing, is that, am I getting that correct? Yeah, so especially in the beginning when she's being stalked, there's, oh, there's yeah. a bit of suspense there. And, you know, because we're trying to decide who's stalking her and why. And then after, you know, then, and I'm trying not to goose spoilers. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> but it's hard when the other two books are already out, you know. I, I did things yeah. backwards. I, I published Watcher first and then runner and now i'm going back and doing the prequel because um that was just the story that really needed to be written my readers were waiting for the sequel to to runner and they were really disappointed when i said well i'm 
I'm going to put that one on hold for, for a while and we'll be doing this prequel instead. And it's just because that was a story that really felt like it needed to be told. And um, I'm unfortunately, I'm, I'm not one of those authors who try to please all the readers. I kind of am more governed by the characters and the characters want their story written and I'm going to write their story. And, and I, and I'm fortunate that there are people out there who love Sonny's story and they want more, no matter what it is. Um, no, uh, no, I, I got you. I have a, I have a trilogy that I have written that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to take it. It's, it's very, it's very dark. Yeah, like, my even stuff's for me. a lot of angst or I wouldn't say angst, just plus, emotion. It's a lot of it's, Plus, it's literally dark because it takes place in a city with no sunlight. Like, it's the entire city is in darkness. And oh, cool. when you make light, that causes the monsters to kill you. So. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's about a people trying to survive this catastrophe that's befallen them, trapped in a slowly decaying city as they, you know, as every day, you know, your chances of survival go down because there's just less resources, less stability, less everything. So this is a post-apocalyptic yeah, except for it's in a fantasy world and it's just like a magical catastrophe has happened to them. Sure, but, but it's yeah, fascinating. It definitely is. It definitely is, right? So it definitely is that. It's, you know, creeping through ruins, you know, trying not to be found by like crazed cannibals and, you know, stuff like that. So That's cool. Yeah, yeah. you see, with mine, the, the, the biggest conflict the character has is with herself, trying to fight these new instincts that are now trying to rule her life and trying to figure out how she can fit in. And she's also in the dark, literally, because she can't be out in the sun. And, um, so there's, you know, she has, she move, you know, for like for every two steps forward that she makes to try and regain control of her life, she steps back one. And that. to complicate things, she's she left a teenage daughter behind, and her number one focus is to try and, and regain enough control over herself and her life so she can find out what happened to her daughter. That sounds great. Yeah, no, that's a great story. Yeah, this one is um this one's just about a brother trying to keep his little sister alive, and then him having to come to grips with the fact that she's no longer a child because she's you know it's been seven years, so she's like an adult now. He doesn't see her that way. So there's a lot of like. So she's a rebellious teenager in in the post-apocalypse. And, you know, she doesn't like his girlfriend. And so there's a lot of fun tension there. Yeah. You know, that, and that she wants, fun. she you know, she wants to be in, she wants to have a level of independence. And, you know, to be on like the, to have a say in how things go. And she has her ideas and, you know, her brother is, it's been all just survival, survival my way. That's how I've kept us alive. And so, yeah, so it's a, that's the central conflict, really, of the story. All the other stuff, you know, it's just, you know, but really it's about just like uh, a brother trying to realize, you know, having to realize his sister grew up and his sister trying to understand what growing up means. So it's like a coming face story set yeah. in a horrible post-apocalyptic environment. It so. sounds great. It sounds great. It, it, it's, um, you know, you're talking about the girl, the, the, the sister kind of growing up, and it reminded me of the the show that uh is i forget where it's at it's on hbo i think um, oh the, yeah the last, last of, us. of us yeah the last of us and the, you've got a girl right right about that same age she's like 14 and she's still a kid yeah. but she doesn't want it you know she's having to survive in this adult world and so she's been forced to grow up sooner than you know normally she would have and yeah that that oh, i find all of that my shapeshifter series deals with a lot of that um those conflicts that go from 
transitioning from, you know, a, a kid to an adult and uh, all those challenges that that arise with that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, she's stuck in that transition between childhood and adulthood. They call it, I think, um, liminal. So I think we're kind of what it means where you're in this sort of transition phase. So yeah. you're not you're not. So yes. Yeah, so liminal means you're stuck between transitions. So you're not quite one thing, quite not quite another. Well, that describes my character, Sunny, perfectly. Yeah. It actually like, does. <laughs> it's like an anthropology term that comes from, like, like they use to describe, like, cultures that have, like, coming-of-age rituals. And so, like, until, like, so you, you start your coming-of-age ritual, and until, like, you pass it, you're neither, you're not a child any longer, but until you pass it, you're not an adult. So you're, like, they call it being liminal, and you're in that state. So... Now that is that a state that's all that strictly describes that transition, or is it good for any transition? It's good for anyone. So that's okay. where it came from, but it, it it has come to mean in the broader sense, just um, okay, being in be, being in the process of a transition, not quite one thing, not quite another. I would uh, say that's Sunny's situation for at least the first two books. You know, she's stuck with between her hu- human self and her non-human self, and. Uh, trying to hang on to one and not let the other dominate the non-human violent self try not to let that dominate and trying to hang on to the human self as much as possible you know it sounds like a, a really great story and it was a uh, really great getting the chat with you uh, ro if you want to let our uh, listeners know where they can connect with you on social media yeah uh you can i'm on amazon you can look at my author page under ro morgan and that's r-o-h-m-o-r G-O-N, three O's. Uh, and my books are all available there. You can also look at my website, which is rowmorgan.com. And uh, and then I'm on Facebook as well. I uh, under Row Morgan Writer, and I have a Facebook group uh, called The Chosen Crew. Uh, and that's a those a that's a group of my readers that enjoy my books and, and uh, we talk about not just my books, but we talk about anything that's vampire or supernatural related in the in in pop culture, you know, movies and books and things like that. We post a lot of memes having to do with vampires and werewolves and this and that. So you can find me there as well. Awesome. Well, it was really great chatting with you, Ro. Thank you. It was great. And I, I, I want to thank you for having me on your show as a guest. And um, I wish you the best with your books. Thank you. Good luck on yours. Thank you. This has been Creatives in Focus. You can follow my books on Amazon under JMD Read, or join my readers group, Fantastic Worlds of the Imagination, on Facebook to keep up with news and releases.